0: Hello, Rob. Hi there, Chris. Welcome back to the 10 Minute Design Chat. Thank you very much, mate. Let's talk about designing games for kids.
1: So on to today's show, our guest is Max Davey, fellow paediatrician, game designer, and an advocate for the power of play. Welcome, Max.
2: Hello, hello, how, how are you on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so I found, I found out about Max, I suppose is the way I would put it, from uh, sort of Dan Hughes. So Dan Hughes is the guy that, with his daughter, uh, has designed the fantastic Cora Quest.
2: Internet titan.
1: Yes, it's yeah. been absolutely incredible. Um, and while I was chatting to him, he was like, oh, you should have a chat to Max. He's also paediatrician, and uh, he makes games for his kids, and he'd be a really good person to have a chat to, and I thought that was ideal. Uh, so it's lovely to have you here, and we're going to chat today about games for kids.
0: Yeah, indeed. I mean, I have to say, I feel uh, definitely outranked at the moment being surrounded by two doctors, so I'm going to have to bring this down to my level, um, which is definitely living in the fairy tale world uh, of, of stories and books. And so, Chris, today we're talking about designing for kids. That requires quite a lot of imagination. I want you to picture the scene, if you will, okay? I'm tucked into bed. Slippers on. Slippers on. Nice cup of cocoa. And, and, and I'm, oh, I'm, I'm just getting all cosy. But it, I could really do with a bedtime story, Chris. I really could do with a fairy tale. So what I'd like you to do is try and figure out a lovely fairy tale. Me and Max are going to be deciding whether this has sent us to sleep for good or bad reasons. And I'll, I'll get you started off. I'll get you started off so it's only fair, okay? Once upon a time, there was a lost meeple.
1: Okay. This lost meeple was wandering through a dark cube forest. Hmm. There were trees all around. And he came to a clearing where there's a little stack of blocks. Mm. These little stack of blocks looked like firewood and flames. <laughs> and the tiny meeple thought, oh, I need to keep warm. So I might stack these, uh, these bricks on top of each other. So the tiny meeple stacked these logs together successfully without knocking them down and stayed warm. And in the flame light could see Various shapes in the trees. Everything from every dream this uh, little meeple ever thought of. Birds from Wingspan. (laughs) Towering trees from Photosynthesis. Saw tiny little goblins running around from Korra Quest. This meeple was very brave and wasn't at all bothered by. And drifted off to a quiet and warm sleep. What do you reckon? I'm not a children's story (laughs) writer, you may well have noticed.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm getting nightmares.
2: There's a certain lack of dramatic tension, isn't there? There's, sort of, there's no
1: there's no jeopardy overcome. No. I was going down the dragon route and I thought, oh, if I go down this, this is going to be a long tail. I think I need to rein it back. Maybe the fire should have fallen over. Who knows? It, it could have been more. You know, it could have been more animals of farthing wood. It was going to have a horrible twist at the end, yeah, <laughs> like a Brothers grim.
2: Well, you see, nothing wrong with that.
0: I mean, to your credit, it definitely did send me to sleep, so. <laughs> it'd be very good for a particularly anxious child.
1: Yes, that's what I was going for, of course. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be kind.
2: Everything is okay, and everything is fine and well-controlled, and you are okay. <laughs> good night.
1: Yeah, the everything is okay book. That's what we'll call it.
2: So it's an anxious child and a parent that has something really important to get to. That's, what, <laughs> that's, that's, that's your market there.
1: It's a niche market.
2: No, it's not.
1: It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Great. And um, so yeah, there we go. After that, we need to. You know, a horrible ending was the fact that the tail. The tail was terrible. Um so, <laughs> Max, I wanted to ask you because I was. I was looking back through some of your. Um, blog posts on your website about designing and and thinking of re-themes for games for your kids mm. your children how old are they now because obviously I imagine it's moved on since then
2: yeah we've got I mean I've got a 16 year old I've got a 14 year old and I've got an 11 year old and the young you know so so we are not really we don't have kids games we don't play kids games anymore I was just in the middle of a family game of Root so you know we're not we're, we're, we're not in that design space but i mean i ha- we have been through it i've been kind of
1: into games since the kids were very young so and
2: um, that's certainly something a space i've sort of existed in for some time
1: and what are your first memories of sort of thinking oh this is a good time to introduce some games let's give it a go because i know some parents are scared of putting children off almost by bringing games in too soon and when was your first inkling to think oh let's let's see how we can use this and, and what we can do
2: well, I think there have always, always been some games around. There have always been kind of wanting to stimulate the kids. And what I realised fairly early on that there, were, there was a sort of inkling of a few games that were better than the terrible ones. There's a little game called Misfits, which I thought, this is quite fun. It's not great, it's quite fun. Um and I think that the kind of breakthrough for us is to, get, to become a family of what you would recognise as gamers is probably Rainer is ingenious. A friendly friend had a copy of and we played it at their house and we thought all thought it was great. And it's sort of sim- simple enough that you could grasp it at about six if you're a very, relatively bright child, but it's engaging enough that we can I mean I would still probably pick it up now. Um so that's that was the break de- the breakthrough and then what we we just basically I mean, I fell in love with games myself and also started sort of pushing them upon the kids at a fairly early age as well Um, and it's always just been for me a lovely way of spending time together which isn't the only way of spending time together but I mean particularly in the last year with all of the time indoors and and not much else to do it's been a bit of a a lifesaver for us as a family
0: you sort of touched on a couple games there and you say that some of them are like yeah they're pretty good they're all right um but one thing that's always fun is when you find a game that both kids and adults can enjoy together yeah. um, and there are so many like there are so many great games it's a bit like a good cartoon you know the real good cartoons are the ones that the parents want to watch with the kids and uh, and you know when you've got a game that actually it's not just like daddy can i play that again it's actually like oh should we bring this to the table then yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. it's such a such a pleasure but i mean it's funny with with play like ultimately one thing we sort of talk about is is a lot of like kids themes and um, you sort of like make the assumption that like that they're going to need loads of theme. They're going to need loads of help to get all this imagination going. But kids are already very imaginative um, and and they're already sort of like ready to get involved and, and to be honest, to sort of like change the theme and the, and the world of the game. Um, but are there any like sort of themes that you found like your children enjoy? Like has that changed as they've got older? I mean, you talked about Root. Uh, that's definitely a step up, but we are still talking about woodland creatures here.
2: Exactly. I, think, I mean, I think it's completely different. So so not only have I played with my own kids, I've done quite a lot of work kind of playing with other kids. I ran a, a board game club at my children's school for eight years. Um, and the thing is, you can't you just can't generalise about kids any more than you can generalise about adults. So some kids don't all that bothered about theme and just want lots of tactile stuff to play with and, and move around. Um, my youngest is really into theme. He really wants something where he can feel... Has the protagonist? He can be the protagonist. So he loves miniature games. He loves cooperative miniature. Those his his wheelhouse is cooperative miniature dungeon crawl. Basically, that is that is his favorite. Um, uh, you know, whereas my eldest has always been much more about kind of outwitting other people. Has been much more about the other player and how he can beat them. So he's quite card gamey and he likes kind of the engine building stuff. Um, so so it is it, impossible to generalize what works for kids. And I think that's something that people people fall into the trap of saying something will appeal to children which is as ridiculous as saying something will appeal to adults doesn't it doesn't make any sense
1: that's something that really bothers me when i see that and people think by you know you're doing this theme or this kind of game then that's it all the kids are going to like it all the adults are going to buy it from their kids and that's it and i think that's so untrue do you remember sort of the first game that you thought oh i can either you know whether it was re it or you kind of thought oh we can make these tweaks to it
2: yeah i i do exactly i remember exactly what it was it was it was escape from the temple uh, which is quite an old game now it's a it's a real time cooperative tile placing one very little talked about now and at the time actually still our kids were into a comic uh, called the phoenix which is a weekly story comic and one of the strips in it's called bunny bunny versus monkey and so i basically rethemed and simplified um, escape um, as with a bunny versus monkey theme and it was actually it was a massive hit we still have the copy in it, somewhere in, in the house um, very, very simple, just against the clock, laying tiles, trying to get out of this dungeon together um, with like, with again, funny, funny woodland creatures. It's a sort of, it's a through, it's a through theme. theme. Um, and, and I think one of the things that I was sort of, I, I, and again, that's something that I did quite a lot of times is get a vague idea of the rules, but actually not actually have the rules of the original game in front of me, just have a kind of, just know vaguely how to play and just make up my own version. And that's easily the best way of, of, of kind of riffing off an existing game
1: definitely i think that for children as well one of the key things for that is just getting they just want to get into the game they don't want to sit and read through rules or be told rules do they and actually by doing it that way you're recalling the fun bits of the game and the bits that you remember you can just get on with it can't you and i think that's you've got to capture a child's interest and then sustain it and that might not be for a long period but they tend to quite enjoy just getting on with it and doing the most enjoyable bits of the game not the upkeep and the boring bits
2: So having said you can't generalise about what appeals to them, I think you can generalise more or less about what what, what doesn't work and, and what they struggle with. I think they struggle with long teachers, that's obvious. Um, and not getting going on the game. Even if there's quite a lot to build in, if you start off simple then and you can build up stuff that comes in, that's fine. But actually the really fascinating thing I've found and fairly consistently that kids are good at upfront complexity. So something like Pokemon or Magic the Gathering has got a lot of upfront complexity, lots of rules, something like Imperial Assault or a, a kind of dungeon crawl game with lots of tactical stuff. They're good at that. They are not good at strategic thinking, thinking a few... A few moves ahead, dealing with that sort of fuzzy logic or or, or predict predictability of uh, you know what the other people are going to do
0: it's a really good point. And I think it is like the, the point you made about not generalizing when it comes to designing for children is, is a key one. Like there are definitely areas where, um, I mean, you say about not liking a long instruction reads and, and, you know, too much strategy. I, I know a lot of adults that <laughs> are exactly the same in that area. Um, you know, it's definitely, I've made the mistake of, uh, chucking down viticulture in front of some non gamers, um, or no, I don't want to say non gamers, but people that basically don't play some of these big box board games and immediately regretting that. Um, but yeah, it's a lot about just um sort of designing things so that it is more accepting of their some of the strengths and some of their weaknesses and, and like you sort of say, avoiding strategic complexity. But upfront com- upfront complexity is absolutely fine. You know, kids are smarter than we think and, and I think that a lot of the times a lot of parents have been surprised by getting uh, getting beaten by their children in a in a game that they thought that they would have no chance at. But yeah, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure. This has been an enchanting discussion. I would say this has been a better fairy tale than uh, than the original one you gave, Chris. I've thoroughly enjoyed this story much more. Uh, <laughs> um, but the lights are dimming. The cocoa has finished and it is bedtime now. However, before I go, I just wanted to sort of see Chris. did you have any sort of like last points you wanted to give when it
1: comes to designing for children? So I think don't necessarily change your design the way you make new board games and designs just for kids. I think people forget about the fact you're still going to have to play test you're still going to have to get lots of kids to try them if you want to do those things and don't Don't neglect that part of the game design process because actually, if anything, you're going to get much more valuable and fair playtesting feedback for a child who's not got a filter than you are from an adult who's playing in one of your game designs. So I would say, as with anything, get out there, find lots of children that want to play the game and playtest it until you can't change it at all.
0: Completely agree. Well, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us, Max. Where can people find you online if they want to see some of your fantastic work?
2: I'm not doing a lot of online board gaming stuff, um, but I suppose you can probably the best places to find me on Twitter at Max Davie or uh, Instagram at Dr Max Davey And just um, if you can't find something you're interested in, I can I can direct you to it. I've got lots of things strewn around the internet in various places that I can't remember. So um, if,
0: you, if there's anything you're particularly interested, just let me know. <laughs> and we'll put links to those in the show notes. And I'm going to say good night to you, Chris. Night. I'll see you at
1: 10minutedesignchallenge.co.uk. Thanks very much, Rob. I'm about to drift off myself. I'll see you at (laughs) boardgamebud.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, if someone calls you childish for designing games, take it as a compliment.